Welcome to Honestly Haunted. Honestly Haunted. We're your hosts, Erin Grogan and Abby Chowning. This week, we're headed up north to Alaska, and our focus is a bit here, a bit there, but mostly on aliens. Oh boy. (laughs) And you know this is going to be a fun one, because we've said before, aliens are kind of a hard one for us to wrap our brain around sometimes. I know, we've said it before, we'll say it again, like... (laughs) Demons, poltergeist, orbs, ghosts, yes. All of them. Yes, aliens. Uh, I'm not so sure. <laughs> I don't know why. So this is where our skeptic comes out more often than not. But let's see if Alaska can make us believers. I think it's going to at least try. So to begin, it's worth noting that Alaska is the state that has the most reported UFO instances of all of the United States. This year alone, it was the fourth highest state for the year, but it holds the overall record of all states. And the year's not over yet. So the year is Alaska not over has yet. Time to battle back. So not only does it have a high number of UFO sightings, but it also has a whopping number of missing people. Since 1988, over 16,000 people have gone missing in the Alaskan Triangle alone. Now, you may be saying, did you say Alaskan Triangle? Uh-huh. Yes, we did. Yeah, we did. <laughs> We've got another one, folks. Uh, so you've all likely heard about the Bermuda Triangle. That's pretty common knowledge. It's a place where ships get wrecked and lost. Amelia Earhart. Yeah. And and if you've listened to our earlier episodes, we've also talked about the Bridgewater Triangle. That one was in Massachusetts and had lots of fun cryptids like the Thunderbird. The Alaskan Triangle, however, is a bit more dark, both literally, because it gets less hours of sunlight. Um, Good one. (laughs) Thanks. (laughs) And figuratively. uh, This area is largely known as the area between Juneau, Anchorage, and Barrow. That's what makes up the triangle. With with over 16,000 disappearances in a 40-year time span alone, there are a lot of stories we could tell, and each person deserves their story to be known and told. However, we don't have the time or ability to do that right now, but... To start with the disappearance that got the most attention, media, and began to attract more research into these disappearances, we'd have to go back to 1972. In October of 1972, Alaskan Congressman Nick Begich and U.S. House Majority Leader Hale Boggs, with their aides, were flying from Anchorage to Juneau for a state visit. The plane never landed. The military conducted a huge search covering 32,000 square miles, and not a single person or piece of debris were ever found. Some have since speculated that this plane disappearance was actually political conspiracy. It turns out that Boggs was on the Warren Commission looking into the assassination of JFK, and even Hoover may have had a personal vendetta against him. So many people believe foul play to be involved. If so, that's terribly sad for those aides and Begich who were uninvolved. Maybe that one incident could be explained away, but since then, hikers and tourists have disappeared with regularity that has caused Alaska's missing person rate to become double the U.S. national average. In most cases, remains of lost hikers or tourists are never found, which makes this all more peculiar. Certainly the landscape has something to do with that. The wilderness in Alaska is harsh and unforgiving, and there is wildlife about, but there are other theories as well. And the first theory is 
Bigfoot. Yes. We love to hear it. (laughs) Bigfoot is kind of a catch-all for cryptid and unexplained wildlife uh, in the Pacific Northwest region, usually. And the one that is talked about most specifically in in connection to the Alaskan Triangle missing missing peoples comes actually from the Native American Tlingit people. I apologize if I mispronounced that. But they believe in a half-man, half-otter creature called Kushtaka. The legend of Kushtaka says that he captures lost hikers to steal and then feast upon their souls. Why would an otter do that? You know, I guess it's probably the man side. I don't blame the the otter. I I don't blame blame the otter side. Otters are innocent, precious It's also fascinating to me that a half-man, half-otter is attributed to the same things as Bigfoot. Because, like, you think Bigfoot and you think... A very large creature. Yes. Walking through the woods. You think yeah. otter. You don't you don't think those <laughs> I think of precious babies holding hands in the river. Yeah, but but this particular half man, half otter, um, is is closer to Bigfoot than our otter yes. friends. Not not so great. <laughs> Got it. Others uh believe that this particular area of Alaska actually has doorways or even vortexes to other worlds and dimensions. This actually stems from a much larger theory from Scottish biologist and writer Ivan T. Sanderson, who penned the term the Twelve Vile Vortices in 1972. He claims that these 12 regions are some of the most paranormally active regions. They have large numbers of plane crashes, people disappearing, and UFO sightings. So far, this fits the bill for the Alaskan Triangle. The only problem here is that this would make the Alaskan Triangle the North Pole Vortex, and that doesn't align with most of the maps in the system. So if you look at the vortices on the map, they're actually spread out pretty evenly, with five areas on the Tropic of Capricorn and five on the Tropic of Cancer. The other two, then, are at the North and South Poles. The nature of these being spread out so evenly and at certain longitudes leads people to believe that there are many kinds of mathematical reasoning behind it all. Others think it has to do with ley lines or other understandings of earthly feng shui. Yeah, and it's all really fascinating. I would absolutely love for us to do a future episode about the 12 vile vertices in more depth. I mean, the name alone, 12 vile vile vertices. Yeah, living for that, for sure. But it's also interesting considering like last week we talked about feng shui and nature. And how nature ties into these more paranormal types of events. It's fascinating and it keeps cropping up for us. It really does. So we're going to have to, yeah, we mentioned last week that we're going to do after the Haunted America tour, we're going to delve into like portals and vortexes and like dimension stuff because it really catches our attention and it keeps coming up. It comes up so So often. often. It's kind of like at the beginning when Bigfoot kept coming up. It's true. (laughs) And Bigfoot kind of came up in this time. So, you know, maybe Bigfoot is in charge of all the 12 vile vortices. Yeah, that would make, (laughs) that would make a lot of sense. So while Sanderson's theory may not account for Alaska itself, it does spur one to think perhaps there are more than 12 vertices and that there is something else going on in these areas of high activity. Back to the Alaskan Triangle in particular, one of the most well-documented sightings of a UFO is called the Japan Airlines Flight 1628 Incident. On November 17, 1986, this flight was en route from Paris to Tokyo. While flying over Alaska, something very strange occurred. The crew noticed two unidentified objects to their left. The objects rose abruptly and closed in on the aircraft, as if to escort it. The objects each had two rectangular nozzles that seemed to be glowing, 
but much of the rest of the object was obscured by darkness and the crew couldn't make it out. The two objects emanated heat, and the captain was able to recall that his whole cabin was lit up and he felt heat on his face. Shortly after, the two objects left, but then a third, much larger disc-like object began to trail them from behind. Anchorage Air Traffic Control asked two other flights, a United flight and a military flight, to confirm the unidentified traffic, but when they crossed paths with Japan Air, they saw nothing and could not distinguish anything in the air. The whole sighting lasted for about 50 minutes, according to those on the Japan Air flight. After the incident, Captain Teruchi from the flight spoke to the media and Japan Airlines actually grounded him for doing so and put him on desk duty. Here's what the captain said in his official report to the FAA. The distance from the lights was far enough from us and we felt no immediate danger. I thought perhaps it a UFO. The lights were still moving strangely. Most unexpectedly, two spaceships appeared directly in front of the plane, shooting off lights. The inside cockpit shined brightly and I felt the warmth of the UFO's thrusters on my face. Then, three to seven seconds later, the fire from the jet engines stopped and became a small circle of lights as they began to fly in level flight at the same speed as we were. The middle of the body of the ship sparked an occasional stream of lights, like a charcoal fire. Its shape was a square, flying 500 feet to 1,000 feet in front of us, very slightly higher in altitude than us, and its size was about the same as the body of a DC-8, similar in size to a Boeing 707. It is impossible for any man-made machine to make a sudden appearance in front of a jumbo jet that is flying 910 kilometers per hour and to move along in a formation paralleling our aircraft. But we did not feel threatened or in danger. Honestly, we were simply astounded. I have no idea why they came so close to us. Continuing the quote, There was a pale white flat light in the direction where the ships flew away, pacing us. The Anchorage Center replied they saw nothing on their radar. I set our digital weather radar distance to 20 miles, radar angle to horizon. There it was, on the screen, a large green round object had appeared seven or eight miles away, in the direction of the object. We arrived at the sky above the Ailson Air Force Base and Fairbanks. It was a clear night. We were just above the bright city lights and we checked the pale white light behind us. There was a silhouette of a gigantic spaceship. We must get away quickly." End quote. Similar sightings happened in 1987 with Alaska Airlines Flight 53 from Nome, Alaska to Anchorage, and again that same year, this time on an Air Force jet KC-135 flying from Anchorage to Fairbanks. The last flight observed the same large disk following behind. Beyond these sightings, Alaska's missing people caused another stir in the early 2000s. One small city, which we actually already talked about, Nome, had so many disappearances that the FBI was actually brought out because people believed that there was a serial killer on the loose. The FBI concluded that of the 20 cases they were looking into, many of them could be explained deaths by freezing temps or even by alcohol. However, nine bodies were never found. There were, of course, speculations, as there would be in any small town, um, about, you know, potential paranormal causes. This all culminated with the release of the 2009 film The Fourth Kind, which takes place in Nome and claims it's based off of a true story. Gnome sweet gnome. <laughs> <laughs> the film is set up much like the Blair Witch and did its own type of viral marketing, creating false abduction articles, and as a result, it's very hard today to pull out the truth from the film. The film claims that these town disappearances are a direct result of alien abduction. 
since it might be interesting, uh, and we have started talking about it a little bit, encounters with aliens have five distinctions or kinds. So the first kind is seeing a UFO, visual only. The second kind encounters are when there's some evidence left behind, like scorch marks or indents in the ground. The third kind is when you can see the visible occupants of the UFO, or maybe even get a visual on the beings. Fourth kind is abduction, and that's when someone is brought onto a UFO and experimented on. Fifth and final kind is communication directly between humans and UFOs. Now, many have dismissed this as it came from a film, and the film worked so hard to make its marketing appear real and like fact. But pushing that to the side, there are still no answers to con the continual disappearances in Gnome. As recently as 2019, a search was just called off as unsuccessful in finding a missing 14-year-old girl named Daisy Rock, who vanished without a trace from Gnome. When you can't find some bodies, you can chalk it up to the wilderness. But when people keep going missing from their homes, a place they grew up in, and the numbers of bodies without a single piece of evidence, can we still blame the wild alone? Nope. <laughs> Which is, <laughs> no, we cannot. No. <laughs> but, but like, we have given stock to the wilderness before, like just last week, we yeah. can talk about like energy associated and found in nature because we know it definitely is. So but the numbers here in Alaska are staggering. staggering. And so we would have to, like, I wonder if it's up to us to, to decide, like, especially for this episode, like, the triangle or, like, yeah. these odd energy vortex portals, whatever we want to call them, like, what role really significantly do they play? Or could yeah. they play in these, in these like, missing people cases? And so while doing this research, uh, my nerd side came out a little bit because I was like, wait, no Alaska, that sounds familiar. And to me, it sounded familiar because of an X-Files episode that took place in Nome, Alaska. But this was before the fourth kind, before any of that viral marketing or anything. So the fact that, like, there are multiple writers out there who are like, a place of strangeness is this place in Alaska is interesting. Because that X-Files episode is one where there's, like, scientists at this, like, little cabin and they find something in the ice and it like comes out and basically like it attacks them it's ah. like it's and it turns them evil and they kill each other and stuff Ooh. but it's like basically supposed to be like an alien bacteria oh. or something like that um and yeah so it's like this place in particular keeps cropping up as a place of the unusual and sadly a place where people keep disappearing and it's a small town so when disappearances happen it's like a big deal and and yeah there are a lot of them so we mentioned specifically the the plane crash or the possible plane crash the or 1972 the, one yeah, with the, the congressman missing, yeah the missing one and that like there's been a few instances like worldwide with yes. missing Malaysian flight. Yeah. Um, where they just can't find any trace of it. Not even the black box or anything. anything. Yeah. Or wreckage or whatsoever. Like, yeah, that, that is an interesting phenomenon to me. The fact that it's happened like a handful of times and honestly, I haven't watched it yet, but it makes the, the movie man or not movie. It's a TV show on Netflix manifest. Oh, okay. Like, it, have you heard of it? I've, I think I've heard of it, but it, I don't really yeah, know about it. It's like this idea that a plane took off in 2013 and then never landed but then like 
in current day, it lands, and no time has gone by for the people oh. who are on it. They think it's still so. It's like the they, day went they, they went through a vortex. They went through a vortex. Oh my god! <laughs> and again, I haven't watched the show, so I don't know what like the catch is right, in there. Right. But it's like lost or things like <laughs> basically yeah. that they kind of went through a portal, and for them, nothing changed. That like time just it's kept the going. Fact that- these these people these planes have ha- have no trace left behind is yeah. very unusual and spooky and like to me i i keep coming back to gnome i keep coming back to the fact that like if you spend your whole life and your whole family is in is living in a small town in alaska there's a couple of things that that come to mind one i would probably think you would be pretty smart about the wilderness that surrounds you if you and your family have a long lineage there. So you probably understand some of the dangers of the wildlife that surrounds you. Yeah. Secondly, it's such a small town that if it was a serial killer, I feel like, especially if the FBI got involved, it would be easier to find out because Mm -hmm. There aren't that many people, and when you start to see this repeat and pattern, and it keeps happening over and over again, people talk, people notice things. It's a small town. Like, it's hard to keep that type of secret. Yeah. Especially when it's been happening for over two decades at this point. Sure, yeah. Yeah. It makes me... So, I thought it also interesting that the Boggs flight loss also, like, it basically triggered Congress to to like fit all civil aircraft with emergency locator transmitters after that it like set the precedent so that was i was like it sounds really familiar and i couldn't remember why and it was like oh because that like because they literally couldn't find it it. they had no trace of it so ever since they did that but but apparently it doesn't work every time because there's still some planes that they have not been able to find but i'd also stumbled upon this theory that like we talk about Aliens being, like, we have a very, when you say the word alien, there's, like, some specific pictures that come to mind. Like, little green guys that came from another planet. But this is my, like, these are my, like, you know, you have your, like, shower thoughts. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're like, dude, what if aliens don't come from other planets? They come from other dimensions that exist on ours. Yeah. (laughs) No, I mean, I I think that's, like, that's a totally valid, like, that's a theory that I think comes from, like, Skinwalker Ranch and stuff, too. That that there are other dimensions that are on top of one another, and that there are places where where they merge, merge, or there are openings, or things can slip through, and yeah, I mean... And I think that's, like, it would so easily explain... Cryptids, it would explain oh, yeah. Bigfoot. I would explain so many I say explain. Like it's not like science. Like it's not like explaining like concrete hundred percent Well yeah, because flesh you know, and bone. Part part of me wonders, like, let's let's go on this theory. Okay, I'm ready. If if we go on this theory, there's a part of me that immediately would be like, Well then why don't we know about it already? If people are coming through these these things, why don't we know about it? But then answering myself with that, I mean if I suddenly woke up in a totally different universe, realistically, I'd probably die after not very long because I don't know anyone, what what exists, how yeah. to survive. And so, yeah, so like in, in that theory then, these these cryptids are not actually here to harm us as much as like they are lost. Yeah. Just as anybody that our world loses to their dimensions yeah. are lost and so we wonder i mean if like 
obviously there's some sort of connection. We, we know that there's connections between mm-hmm. like portals, whether it's bridges or stairs or gates that we've talked about already. Yeah. Like things can wander in and out and we can also wander, wander in, in and out. Yeah. But maybe not always Maybe out. not out. Yeah. Or maybe we just don't believe people when they, they say do. that they come out. And we know that like, we obviously think about it because there's, again, there's so many things talking about aliens. There's so many movies, so many TV shows, oh, yeah. so many books. I, th- I mean, Stranger Things, I think is like a very... Mm-hmm like a believable for me like the upside down like yeah it's like it's still the world that we live in but it's not like nobody yeah. you know is there it's imagine like still like going through your house but it's not it's in another dimension of your house and so, so i could totally buy that and i feel like we've seen elements of that in some of our ghost stories even so like not even just cryptids like we one of one of the stories we told we talked about how like somebody just saw a family sitting down to dinner in their house yes like as if they had literally just walked into this other dimension or time where right. there was a family sitting down to dinner mm-hmm. and that family looked up and were like uh what is this person doing here yeah and, and so yeah i think that that's a fascinating theory that i would totally buy um my question, though, then, becomes if that's the theory, the Japan Airlines flight, Yeah, it sounded like those UFOs were almost guiding their plane somewhere. Yeah. And so I'm like, why? And what? Were they, were they protecting them from a place or something? Or were they trying to make sure that they didn't go to their... Go, like, they were escorting yes, them out. Yeah, like, what was... What was the purpose there? Because it seems very much like they were being guided by yeah. these crafts. Because it wasn't, it didn't show that it was hostile or. Right. Because it seems like in most of the stories that we, we've we heard from people who say that they've experienced sort of alien or even cryptid encounters, yeah. like you know pretty quickly if it means you harm or not. Yes. Um, there's something that's universal about that. Like it's not necessarily, there's no there's very few that like it's like a, a neutral stance like it's right. either like protective good pr- uh like harbinger like pr- like it's yeah. like something or it's hostile negative murderous <laughs> well right i mean if these if these if these ufos were hostile i doubt we would have found uh, found the it. yeah and i and i and i bet they would have you know, fired at the at the ship or tried to do something to knock into it or go off course or something. But Definitely would have let them survive. It, 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 it seemed instead like they were flanking the ship. Like, they were just flanking it. Yeah. And, and, and then it disappeared seemingly when they got past wherever they were going. Yeah. I guess, I don't know, for me, I guess why, we've talked about this before, of course, but like, why I have trouble with aliens is... Like, there's not really a, a uniform understanding about what mm. they could or could look like or could yeah. be. Um, and for me, I guess, like, yeah, some cryptids, it's like we have enough stories of people who feel like they've seen them that we have a, a pretty solid picture of what, like, they could look like. Right. Like, you know, I mean, Sasquatch is number one, but, but like... But if we are saying that they're just from other dimensions, I mean, who's to say that the reason we don't have a uniform thought of aliens isn't because they're cryptids of their own. Yeah. They are they're just they're their own category. from other dimensions, and they all have different things going on, too. But it seems like the people who come in contact with aliens don't, like... I don't know. Like, they get shooed off. 
faster. Like we, we, people who talk about ghosts and say that they hear ghosts, like they're not really like, oh, you're just a crazy person and we're going to discredit you. Yeah. Like, oh, you think you were possessed by a demon, but the demon's gone now. Like you're not, we're going to, not going to like ship you off to right. an asylum. Right. But like people who said that they've been abducted by aliens yeah. tend to get kind of shoot off to the corner as in you're just making this up for attention. You're crazy. Right. And I think. And I, I don't know why. I, I think it probably comes back to something we've touched upon before, which is this idea of, like, having to to ha- follow a very careful line between believing and encouraging things and recognizing mental yeah. illness. Yeah. And, and to me, I think there are various mental illnesses that attach very easily to, to alien thoughts or abduction thoughts or being implanted with things and conspiracies mm-hmm. and things like that, that... At least personally, I feel like maybe people are more cautious of that because of that. Like, when people tell a ghost story, they're not usually telling it to say that their personal self then has been impacted beyond just, like, emotionally, maybe. Yeah. (laughs) Um, But when people say that they have been abducted by aliens, there's this other element where they usually then say they were experimented on or they were implanted with this or this and that, which I think leads people to to be more wary of that person's mental health because Mm. it's like a more lasting impact and it's a more common not across the board by any means and i know everybody it's affected differently but like paranoid schizophrenia Mm -hmm. it's usually there, there there seems to be at least a very common trend of people who feel like they've been watched or they've been microchipped or they've been experimented on by like it could be the government the feds it could be alien force it could be any number of things but it it, there does seem to be like kind of like a trope essentially attached to that and and then on the flip side of that so that's like talking about fourth encounter talking then about first encounter which is just the visual stuff i feel like the reason people have a harder time believing that is because it's often just lights and 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 weird shaped objects yeah, yeah and and so there's this technology aspect of it that is becoming harder and harder to believe in in today's mm-hmm. day where we have so much technology that can be can, a drone exactly yeah. it could it could be so many different things it could be warped by our technology you so so i feel like those two extremes have very different reasons for being dismissed, but they both have the kind of valid things that I think are probably tied very deeply to our society and our current day and age. Yeah. I am, I feel like the more research we do on different types of places across all these different states, it's been awesome because I feel like we've delved into things we wouldn't have necessarily delved into before. Mm-mm. I feel like. I'm starting to be more of a believer of, like, first encounter, first kind encounters, Mm -hmm. than later ones. And the reason for that is because I feel like that type of thing can be tied more to dimensions, portals, vortexes, and things that we have talked about that I do buy into. And so, and to be clear... A UFO is just an unidentified flying object, right? Like Verbatim. saying exactly, <laughs> like saying that you believe in UFOs does not mean you say you believe in aliens, right? And so I think I'm leaning more. T- I'm less of a skeptic about the first ones, like first and second encounter. 
I think I can yeah. be a believer in. And this is that was actually brand new information for me. I had not heard the kinds. Oh yeah, yeah. Like I hadn't. I didn't realize. Like obviously, I've heard like encounter of the third kind, fourth kind, yeah. but I didn't realize that there's actually like a distinction a between the differences. Like that's. I always yeah. thought like fourth kind. Like it's like man human animal fourth oh. kind oh, like other that's always in my mind what i thought it was I see, like yeah no so so like fifth kind would be like the men in black type of like these men in suits with sunglasses showed up at my door and yeah. like i think they were aliens yeah. and um and so like that would be like the fifth kind where you're directly communicating with them which is also fascinating to me sure. and i love those stories i love those movies yeah, yeah. <laughs> And and I think, yeah, I think, like, I think I can be sold on first and second kind for now. Yeah. The mm, others become yeah. still, like, I'm still a little bit, for some reason, I realize it makes no sense. I know, yeah. like, we have said that we believe all sorts of things on here. We have said haunted to crazy stories. Crazier so, still. Yeah, yeah. So, so I know that it makes no sense. I recognize that for about us, myself. I, I think I have to give, like, I, I, we have to give, like, a caveat for our verdict this week. Yeah. Because it's, like, as far as the portal, ver- like, let's, let's break it up for ourselves as far as. Or, or, how about, how about we give our verdict without telling each other how, how we break it up? Okay, okay. And then we then tell we each it. other. Okay. Because I think that might be interesting. But it's, like, mine is, it's two, it's two parts. I <laughs> have choose one okay and then we can talk about it okay okay i think it'll be fun though it'll be fun because because i don't know where your head is in terms of what stands out more to you yes and and yeah okay Okay. ready yes honestly Honestly haunted haunted. yeah Yeah. both of us said honestly haunted to an alien focused episode (laughs) i don't don't like my verdict though okay you go explain okay okay. so it's like two parts so I would say Honestly Haunted, a.k.a. Paranormal, yeah. or we mentioned last week, Paranatural. Yeah. Uh, I think idea, that's our new favorite word. Paranatural. Um, the idea of vortex, dimension, triangle, energy planes, especially, like, attached to nature. Yes. Absolutely. I think that there's something into it that I really want to explore, something even spiritual. I, I don't even know how to describe it, yeah. but it's something haunted paranormal spiritual whatever you want to call it for sure but as far as like alien and cryptid i'm warming up to the idea so i'm gonna say like honestly haunted like with <laughs> yeah, a question yeah. mark at the end i'm warming up to the idea of it a little bit especially with the idea that i kind of like kind of popped into my shower thoughts <laughs> of the idea that they're they're cryptids that exist maybe in a dimension within our planet and i'm like I'm just one person. I'm one one chick who lives in Texas. <laughs> who knows what lies in the universe? Yeah. Like, I'm not going to be, like, arrogant enough to think that, like, you know, whatever. Yeah. This is just, like, where I'm at <laughs> in our discussions about this. Because it's constantly evolving. We learn and, like, find new things all the time. So it's just, it's interesting to me. So I'm still not 100% sold. Yeah. Because I don't necessarily understand what an alien is. And that could That's be... fair. That could just be where I'm at. Like... I feel like even though I learn new things all the time, like I kind of have a good understanding on what I think a ghost is, what yeah. I think a poltergeist is, what I think a demon is, what I think, you know, lots of things and even some of the more like well-known cryptids that we've discussed. But for some reason, aliens are still kind of like a question mark. I totally agree. So I came to the verdict the same way. So my focus on that, on saying like, yes, haunted is saying, I think, 
I think like portals exist. Mm -hmm. I think there's weird energy there. I believe that there are places in the world where there is more paranormal activity than other places. And I believe that this is one of those places. Um, Normally, so this was a little surprising for me because normally when I first started doing research for this episode, I was pretty convinced that I was going to be like, no, there's just definitely a bunch of people killing people there. <laughs> like, which is also probably true. Some of it, I would like, say true. Because yeah. Alaska has some pretty gnarly true crime. Yeah. Um, Oof, it does. Yeah. Like, so, so, so there, but there was part of me that thought a lot more would be explained away by that. Yeah. For me. But weirdly, for me as a true crime person, I actually questioned more things than not. The fact that so many things had zero evidence that small towns could keep having the same thing happen and even have the FBI come in and have decades and decades of this, like that kind of surpasses a person's lifetime as a serial killer that leads so many questions uh, unanswered. Right. And, and I'm not saying that it couldn't be true crime or that part of it couldn't be true crime. Yeah. Like absolutely. I'm sure that there is, and I don't mean to discount that at all. Um, but it also felt like there was a lot left unexplored and unexplained in that realm too. Yeah. And like 16,000 people, people in only yeah. 40 years. Like, yeah, that's, that's insane. And I, yeah, I have to think too, cause it's like people talk about like, it's very easy to kind of like shelf off and say, oh, the wilderness. Like, right. Or if it's a, it's a serial killer, like they were probably kidnapped and t- taken into the wilderness. But you have to realize it's like, like not only is it hard, like it's so vast, like it's hard for just one person to go into yeah. the wilderness, but to go like carrying the body of somebody right. else on your shoulder, like almost well, impossible. And then also there's a part of me that's like, even if it was true crime or serial killers, what about that area is making so many of them. So many. Yeah, it doesn't make quite like, a lot of sense. That brings me back to like negative energy and being drawn into a place and and like and all of that. And and so yeah, so it's like an it's a haunted in that like there are so many questions that I have and so I can't be convinced that it doesn't have yeah. something going on. It doesn't have the bookend required yes. for me to be like, ah, I can close this chapter exactly. and move exactly. on. It's still a big question mark. Yeah. Totally agree. I think, <sighs> is this our first one where we said haunted to aliens? I think so. Guys, we're becoming more and more believers. We're growing up. We're <laughs> <laughs> or we're just becoming more gullible sensitive yeah let's let's go with that that sounds better that sounds better than gullible also we're just immersing ourselves in so many stories that it's becoming harder and harder to not be like we live in a crazy world where there is a ton of stuff we don't understand yeah and i kind of i I like being in a position where i can acknowledge that i know so little (laughs) about yeah about like what goes on and like talking about it makes me feel a little bit better it makes me feel like not not saying that like I have a good chance at, like, keeping, like, <laughs> staying alive if these circumstances ever, like, come my way. I mean, like I said, but if I go to another dimension, odds are I'm probably going to die. Nice to know you. Yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, it's just it's just an idea of, of trying to explain the world and try to, like, that I, I cannot believe, like, like, I refuse to believe that mankind has essentially gotten, like, so bored with the world that it makes up stuff like this. Yeah. Like, that there's enough evidence over time and throughout history that things are discovered. Like, things that pop up that maybe shouldn't 
we're never designed to, to, to interact with each other, interact. I see what you're saying. Like, I don't know that I agree with what you're saying. Like, <laughs> I, like in a, in a much more objective way, like I agree with the sentiment behind that as a writer, I fundamentally disagree that we have not gotten bored enough to create these stories. No, no, no. Like, not that, not that, like, but, like, (laughs) but it's, it's weird. It's actually, like, in, like, in the Bible, it says there's nothing new under the sun. Yeah. So it's, like, everything, everything that exists in the universe has always existed existed in the universe. Yeah. But our discovery of it has not always happened. Right. But it's like, that's a weird way to think about that. Everything that exists has always existed. Yeah. But that we have not discovered each other yet. So of course, I believe stories can still be created. Yes. Things can still be found. Discoveries are yet to be made. But that's just, it's just kind of a a poetic way to think about it. It's fascinating. Very much. Well, Alaska, the frontier. (laughs) The final frontier? That's space. That's space. (laughs) But hey, I mean, it's, it's honestly, both the great frontier and the final frontier. Honestly, I still feel like calling space the final frontier is a bit of an overreach because it's like there's still stuff in like our oceans we haven't found yet. So honestly, I don't want to go into space or the ocean. So Heck whichever no. one wants the title, they can take it. I'm not going to be. They the can one duke it out. It. I Thanks. will be <laughs> on land, not going into the water yep. or into space. <laughs> yep. Nope. Don't don't want that. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks again for listening, guys. We'll be back with more honestly haunted. Thank you, as always, for listening to Honestly Haunted. Please follow us on social media at Honestly Haunted and consider becoming a Patreon supporter to help us continue to grow. If you haven't already, leave us a five-star review. We'll be back with more Honestly Haunted. What about Steve?